Welcome, thanks for joining us. You're about to hear a message from our Wednesday night Solid Rock Youth Group service. Solid Rock is a ministry of Living Word Family Church, and if you'd like to know more, check us out on our website at www.livingwordfamily.org. Here's what I want to talk about tonight, okay? Tonight, here's what I want to talk about. How do we engage the enemy in spiritual warfare? I'm going to give you five quick things, and then we're going to, I'm going to make one more point tonight, okay? A healthy spiritual life. A relationship with Jesus. How do we arm ourselves? How do we put on this spiritual armor each and every day? A healthy spiritual life, a relationship with Jesus. What does a relationship with Jesus look like? That's time in the Word, time in prayer, time in worship. You know what I'm saying? Surrounding yourself with the Word of God. Surrounding yourself in worship and prayer and, and, and positive, spiritual, uplifting music, okay? Because I know you guys listen to music a ton, so... Evaluate that music that you're listening to. Is it edifying your spirit? Is it, is it building you up? Number two, understand your position in Christ. Remember, we talked about this. Who are we in Christ? We have been given authority through Christ. We've been given authority as believers, as children of God. The Bible refers to us as kings and queens, priests and priestesses. Okay, We have a position of authority when we belong to God. So we need to understand that position of authority and know that it gives us strength and it gives us firm foundation to fight from, okay? All right? Firm foundation to fight from. Number three, discern what demonic influences may be causing whatever's going on in your life, okay? Now remember, we made this clear when we first started off. We know that we're in a spiritual warfare. We know that there are, there's a battle going on all around us all the time, but that doesn't necessarily mean that every bad thing that happens to you it has some kind of a demonic influence to it. It could just be because you made a stupid decision, okay? But if there is something going on that's not from a decision that you made, you know, we need to be able to discern and understand what's causing that, what's going on behind the scenes, and how to fight that, how to stand against it. Number four, now this has to do with the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God. We talked about using God's Word and claiming His promises. Number four, claim God's promises out loud. Out loud, we talked about 1 John 4, 4. But you belong to God, my dear children. You have already won a victory over those people because the spirit who lives in you is greater than the spirit who lives in the world. The one we have inside us, when we are saved, when we are Christians, when we belong to the family of God, the kingdom of God, we can stand on his word, but we have to know it. We have to be able to speak it out. And speaking it out loud is not weird, it's not goofy, it's not crazy, and it's, it gets easier the more you do it. When you speak God's word out loud, you are wielding a weapon, a very powerful weapon. God's promises are true. They are yes and amen in Christ Jesus when we stand, but we have to know his promises, we have to be able to speak them out. Number five, take our authority and position in Christ to command demonic forces to cease their activity and depart. And that kind of goes along, whoops, that kind of goes along with uh, number three, to discern, discerning what's going on and what's causing things. We need to be able to take our authority and our position and command these things, all right? You guys remember when Jesus was on the, uh, when they were uh, on, in the boat and that the storm was coming and that their, their water was washing into the boat and the disciples were all freaking out. They're like, Jesus, wake up, do something. We're going to die in here. This is, you know, we're sinking. And what did Jesus do? Peace be still. And that storm stopped. Peace be still and that storm stopped because Jesus knew what authority he had. And we have that same authority when we belong to him. 
So here's what I want to. So those are the five quick things. Uh, we're arming ourselves. We are being prepared. We are, we are spending time in the Word. We are, we are developing our relationship with Jesus. Now here's the next critical part, okay? In addition to that armor, that spiritual armor that we have to put on, consciously put on and prepare ourselves with each and every day, we need each other. We need each other. It's crucial. We are not meant to go this alone. And I know we've said it back here a thousand times. I'm going to say it a thousand more times over the course of the next several years. We are not meant to live this life alone. We are meant to live it in community with other believers. This is why the word says, do not forsake the gathering of yourselves together, as is the manner of some. Now, you guys may not know anybody like this because you're younger, and, uh, but I've known a lot of people that are just like, oh, I watch certain ministers online. I don't have a church. I don't really like church. I don't go to church. You can watch messages online. You can listen to podcasts of awesome preachers and teachers. Rock it out. Go for it. But we are designed to be together, to sharpen each other, to build each other up, to encourage one another. You can listen to all the podcasts you want from the best preachers in the world. You can watch all of the Sunday services that you want to on YouTube Live, and you're not going to get that community experience that God has designed us for. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? So when we're talking about spiritual warfare, we definitely, definitely, definitely need each other. Now, several years ago, the Army, uh, the U.S. military, I think it was primarily the Army, had a... Um, an ad campaign, a marketing campaign for their recruiting, okay? It was called the Army of One. You guys remember this? Be an Army of One. Come and join the U.S. Army and become an Army of One. And I understood where they were coming from with that ad because they want you to know we will equip you, we will train you, and when we have completed all of this that we're going to do, you are going to be able to stand on your own two feet and you will be an Army of One. I understand that because it's very self-empowering, it's very Oh, man, that's what I want. I want to be an army of one. But how many wars would we win if we sent in an army of one? I mean, unless this was like, you know, Captain America or Thor or somebody like that, that would be pretty cool. But, like, for a normal person, an army of one is not going to accomplish much if you're going against a large army. Am I right? An army of one is not going to get very far. What do we do? We train not just one but we train regiments of soldiers. We train platoons of soldiers. We train large groups of men and women to fight by each other's side against an enemy, a common enemy, right? That's what they're trained to do, okay? Lock arm in arm, fight side by side, and you, they have each other's backs. They have each other's backs. It is crucially important that we as believers have each other's backs. Because I can put on all that spiritual armor, okay? And if the enemy has me surrounded and is beating me down, I need my brothers and sisters in Christ to stand with me. To help me up. To fight by my side. All right? I love, there's an illustration I'm going to give you, or not an illustration, I mean, this, this, this actually happened. Pastor Scott, many years ago, uh, for those of you who don't know, our senior pastor, Pastor Scott Millis, uh, had some real bad lower back issues several, several years ago. Uh, I really struggled with it um, kind of off and on for a number of years. 
And there was one particular episode where it was so bad that he was practically bedridden, like he just couldn't, I mean, he, he just, he was almost immobilized. It was, it, the pain was so bad. The Saturday morning men's prayer group got together and uh, they stood in a circle and they prayed over Pastor Scott. I think they had some guy stand in the middle and st he stood in for Pastor Scott and they just prayed and they spoke in faith and they were in agreement that that back would be completely and totally healed. They were swinging those swords by their brother's side. They were fighting that battle because when you are in that much pain, it is very hard to think about fighting a battle. Do you know what I mean? Like you know you're in a battle, but it's hard to really think about some of this stuff with a clear mind when you're in that much pain. That's why it's such an effective weapon of the enemy, okay? When you hear or you have a family member that hears the diagnosis of cancer, that is huge. And sometimes it's hard to think straight. It's hard to think, what scripture am I going to confess over this? No, you're just like, oh my gosh, how much longer do I have to live? How much longer does my aunt or uncle have to live? These are huge, huge things. That's why it's such a successful tool of the enemy to strike people with sickness or disease or, or depression or these kind of things because it completely throws you off your game. It can. And so we need, brothers and sisters, we need our army fighting by our side. Okay? Because sometimes an army of one is not enough. It's not going to get the job done. It's not going to make it work. So the army had this slogan, an army of one, right? But an army of one can't go in and uh, uh, rescue the people of a country who are being uh, oppressed by a dictator. They can't go in and they can't uh, rescue people who have been overtaken by another country, such as in World War II. You know, we go in and we rescue France and we rescue Germany and we rescue all these other countries in Europe that were being overrun by the Nazis. That doesn't happen with one person. That happens with hundreds of thousands of people hundreds and thousands of people scaling a cliff with almost certain death so that they can take a bunker and then scale the next cliff to take the next bunker. And then they go to take the next bunker, and on and on we go. We need to fight be by each other's side. It's absolutely crucial. So we've been in Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians 6, we've been talking about spiritual warfare. We've been talking about the armor of God. We've been talking about why this is all so crucial, why we need to understand and know what's coming against us. Okay, not to dwell on it, not to think that you see a demon behind every door, that type of thing, not to, be, not to overplay it, but to know and understand that there's a spiritual warfare going on all around us, and that we have a real en enemy that wants to kill us. We've been focused on that in Ephesians 6. Now we're going to wrap it up in Ephesians 6, verse 18, 19, and 20. Verse 18 says, Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert. Stay alert. And be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. I'm going to break there for a quick second. Stay alert. That is very interesting. Why do you think Paul would tell us to stay alert? If you're walking down the street, not down the street, down the sidewalk, and you're coming up on a crossroad, you have no idea what's going on around you, you're going to get hit, aren't you? You're not alert. You have no idea what's going on around you. And the reason I mentioned the phone thing is because that's a pet peeve of mine. This has sucked your attention dry. This has literally sucked your attention span to the point of no return. And if you're not careful, you will miss everything going on around you. This isn't evil, but it's our natural tendency to draw into something so deeply that we are not alert any longer to the things going on around us. 
soldiers that are on watch duty, whether it's a guard post, whether they're on watch for the night while the rest of their platoon is sleeping, whatever the case is, do you know the punishment for falling asleep on your post? It's pretty severe. And I'd have to ask Pastor Scott for the specifics, but I know for a fact that it is very, very severe. Okay? Falling asleep on your post when you are supposed to be alert is not good because so much can go wrong when you are not alert, when you are not watching, when you are not ready, when you are not paying attention to what's going on around you. The enemy can come in like that. And before you know it, you are on your back and you are in trouble because you were not paying attention to what was going on around you. So Paul says, pray in the Spirit at all times on every occasion. That means we just need to live a life of prayer. That doesn't mean you pray every second, every moment of every day, but that just means pray regularly. Talk to God. Be in conversation with Him regularly. All right? Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. Now, that sounds like a daunting task, so let me simplify it for you just a little bit while you're working your way up to praying for all believers everywhere on a regular basis. Why don't you pray for your youth group? I want you to look to your right, your left, behind you, in front of you. These are, these are your brothers and sisters in Christ. This is your youth group. Start there. Start for praying for the people in front of you and behind you, to your left and your right. When you get up in the morning, just say a little, it doesn't have to be some long, drawn-out, crazy prayer. Just say a little, you know, say a little prayer for them each morning. God, would you watch over so-and-so? Will you be with them? I know that there's, they're kind of, they have this test today, or they're going through this today, or their family's going through this, uh, or they're dealing with this sickness or, or whatever, illness, whatever. Pray for them. Be on alert and pray for your brothers and sisters. Verse 19, <clears throat> and pray for me too. Ask God to give me the right words so that I can boldly explain God's mysterious plan that the good news is for the Jews and Gentiles alike. Now this is Paul speaking here, okay? And he's saying, pray for me as well. So I'll ask you, pray for me. Pray for Pastor Scott, pray for Pastor Mike, that we can speak and preach and teach clearly the word of God on Wednesdays and Sundays. But above and beyond that, pray for each other. Pray that you will each be able to witness to your friends clearly and concisely each and every day. Witness in word, in action, in how you serve others, and how you put others before yourself, because that will speak so loudly. So that's something I want you to pray for as well. Pray for each other, that you will each have the, the opportunity to share Jesus Christ with friends and with people around you and with people around your friends, okay? Verse 20, I am in chains now, still preaching this message as God's ambassador, so pray that I will keep on speaking boldly for him as I should. Paul's in chains, he's in jail, but he is still preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ to everybody that visits him, every guard, every person, either the prisoners, every person he comes into contact with, he is still preaching the message boldly, and he's asking them, continue to pray for me. So here's what I'm going to equate that to in our lives today. If you are going through a rough patch, if you're going through a rough time, that doesn't mean that we just sit back and do nothing. We continue to speak God's word. We continue to live boldly and preach boldly and share our faith with boldness. Because if anybody had a reason to sit back, complain, and give up, it would have been Paul. In chains, in jail. And this wasn't a, this wasn't a swanky jail where you get cable TV and weights to lift and three square meals a day and some snacks. 
No, this was, this, was a, this was a pretty bad situation that he was in. And yet he said, continue to pray for me that I may preach boldly. Even when he was in a rough spot, he wanted the strength to preach boldly to the people that he was surrounded by. So when you're in a rough spot, when you're in a class where the people, the kids sitting around you are just mean kids, rather than just sitting back and just getting mad at it, Maybe you have a teacher that's coming up this semester that you don't particularly care for or that you think is mean. It's not time to give up. That's time to be bold, and that's time to live and let your light shine even brighter than you ever have before. Do you guys understand where I'm coming from? But we do this together. We pray for one another. We stand in the gap for one another. We lift each other up. We encourage each other because we're more than just an army of one. We are a spiritual army. Together, we can do so much, exponentially more than we can do on our own. The Bible says where one can put a thousand to flight, what does that mean? Where one person can chase off a thousand people, two people can chase off ten thousand people. Do the math. That's exponential. That's exponential. How much more can we do when we have each other's backs? When we have each other's backs, I understand there's going to be times when we get on each other's nerves. We're a family, right? Family gets on each other's nerves. My brother and I used to get on each other's nerves. My kids get on each other's nerves. My kids get on my nerves sometimes, okay? It's just, it's natural. It's because we're together a lot. We're with each other at church on Wednesdays and Sundays, and we're together quite a bit. We're going to get on each other's nerves, and you know what? That's okay. We'll work it out. We're a family. But we need to have each other's backs. We need to pray for one another. We need to stand side by side. We need to encourage one another and uh, 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 help each other and spur each other on to good works, to good deeds, to doing good things, helping each other out in all of these various areas with all these various armors that we're talking about putting on each and every day. Let's encourage one another. You know what? Tomorrow morning when you wake up, shoot a text to two or three different people from our youth group and say, hey, I want you to know that I'm praying for you. You're going to have an awesome day today. I love you. And don't just shoot a text to somebody that you're sitting right by tonight. Shoot a text to somebody that you don't, maybe don't normally, you wouldn't normally text message. You know what I mean? Right? Because if I shoot a text message to my wife, you know, we text back and forth all the time. That is super, super special. I, I for a fact, know that she loves receiving text messages from me. But if, now, but, now listen, follow me here. But if just kind of out of nowhere, I shoot a text message to Kip tomorrow morning, and say, Kip, I want to let you know that I love you, brother. You're going to have an awesome day today. No matter what comes your way, God's got your back. I've got your back. I'm praying for you. Now, how much is that going to mean to Kip? Because that just came out of nowhere. See? Romance. Exactly right. All right? You see where I'm coming from? So don't just text somebody that you text all the time anyway. Maybe text somebody where it's just a little bit more out of the blue so they know, hey, man, my youth group's got my back. My friends got my back. My brother and my sister's got my back. All right? Can we do that? All right, worship team, you guys come on up.